morning, everybody. This is Colson Lechner on the mic. <laughs> Welcome to the in-between. The reason why I'm introducing myself and you're not hearing Jod Renford's voice is he is out today. But with us here in the studio, we have Paul McKenzie and Chris Legg. How's it going, guys? It's good. Doing well. Good. Very well. As soon as you started, I was like, you know, you hear something a hundred times and then you still have that like little bit of doubt of, I was like, how does John start this every week? <laughs> so I do this every week. And then I had this moment right. of like, that's not how John starts it. Exactly. But I don't know if I know how John starts it, but it's, it's hey there, right? right. Hey, hey there. there. Hey, hey, hey there. there. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's like, I on believe the, you. it's like on the office when they don't know if Stanley has a mustache or not. <laughs> that is a great, that is true. So, so, okay. As a psychologist, I will tell you, um, one of my favorite gigs to show people how untrustworthy, you know, I do the point North. Yes. I do. Have you ever promised yourself you're not going to have a second donut, but you do. And the other one is I tell them, cover your watch face <laughs> and tell people to cover their watch face and then say, do you have numbers on your watch? Are they dashes? Are they symbols? Are they lines? How many of them? And, and, and what how color? many people can't? And, and no, here's the deal. I have done that activity with this watch probably 50 times. I can't remember. <laughs> like, every time I go, shoot, I can't remember. Are they Roman numerals? Are they, are they Arabic numerals? Like it's it is, wow. as human beings, we yeah. are just yeah, man, super trustworthy. I remember we got, <laughs> got past a uh, uh, blank phone, and you're supposed to label the order of your apps, and that one was fascinating. Oh wow, wow. So like yeah, on, on your home screen, what you see every day, could you label all your apps in the order? And I got it wrong. I got some out of place. Well, I, don't, I mean, I have way too many. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't even. There you go. The, well, the ones a, I yeah. use. Yeah. There's like five I use. Yes. And I could do those. But <laughs> yes. The other 70 that are on there that I never use. I have no <laughs> idea what they <laughs> Man. Well, John's not here, but we still have uh, stuff we get to talk about. Chris, you want to talk about kind of what's upcoming? Oh, yeah. We've got, um, uh, hey, we're doing First Peter. That's hey. exciting. Um, first Peter, and we're in chapter two now, and we're about to come into one of my favorite sections, not in just in first Peter, but in the entire Bible. And you, and you wouldn't, you pitched it over to him, obviously yes. to talk about, and he's not going to go, well, I'll start with, I nailed it out of, yeah. the, <laughs> like, out of the park last week. Right. So just like we talked about, Paul, this is your entrance, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, Chris, I mean, you did, you did a fantastic job last Sunday. And I think it sets up so well for this next section, because again, we have this, and we talked about two weeks ago, I guess on the podcast, this, you know, barrage of imagery that Peter's yeah. jumping in and out of. And then now when he's talking about these, you know, the spiritual house that we are, we are called to be a part of right. as a stone. And then now we're going to be called a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Yep. But the way that you set up that analogy of, I mean, if, how special and how limited was this place? Oh my gosh. And then now that's you. And so then again, it's like almost, and if you're not convinced of how special your body is, then now look at this. Now right. you're a cho chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I so mean, I'll, I'll tell you guys, and I know I referenced it a little bit, but I, I, I kind of undersold it. So I was sitting, this will mean something definitely to you. And after you go to Harbaco, you've not been yet. Not yet. Um, is so sitting at the top of the amphitheater at Dulos, and they're down on the stage and around doing the dance party thing, which, by the way, I thought. So I got to tell you, I got. So those of you um, who might be listening who went, I was all like negative about because what it said on the schedule was dance lessons, and I don't think you went the year that we were with SI and the lady did the dance lessons. No. Okay. So 
That's a very, very different experience. A middle-aged woman came in with her family and taught, which, again, she was fantastic and beautiful and a great dancer, and I was the closest thing to a middle-aged man in the room, so she kept using me as her dance partner. <laughs> and um, and Dominicans are more comfortable right. with physical contact than we are, including a single middle-aged woman with a married man. And so it kept getting more uh, physical. <laughs> I mean, not, nothing inappropriate, yeah, but not awkward. Right, 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 right. But, but, you, every, but you're every, not used to doing that. Well, and, and she yeah. kept calling me forward up in front of everybody to use me as the example. Yeah. And so, like, and each one was slightly more comfortable because she was becoming my friend in her mind more and more. And so, like, after the third one, as I, I see what she's demonstrating for the, the next step, and she's... I see her eyes come up, and I just stepped out of the room in the back, like <laughs> I am out of here. Like I am, I'm, I'm that that one I'm not doing with her on stage. And so, got to call my wife. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, um, and so it was. Um, uh, I when I saw dance lesson, I, I, I so I was negative. I was like, oh shoot, we're doing that again. It wasn't dance lesson; it was dance party, which is tons of fun with the Dominican kids. They just get on stage and they teach you their line dances and all their dance stuff. And there is a teacher there, but it's not. It's everybody's just kind of yeah, it's, it's formal. It is so fun and crazy. So I had, I had hand selected that time to be working on my sermon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like looked at the schedule at ahead. Like Bryn, sorry, I can't do it that. Can't one. be there for that. <clears throat> so I'll be here, but I won't. I won't be doing the dance. Which again, I really missed once I realized what it was. It's so fun. So I'm sitting up there working on the sermon, and really trying to think of how do I put this into terms and. And there are times when, you know, obviously I'm inspired by another teacher or the commentaries. I mean, the brilliance of hundreds and hundreds of years of people analyzing these passages and, and looking at the details and looking at the language. But this was, if I'm remembering it correctly, was just a bolt from the blue. Was as I'm sitting and looking this mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the thought, everyone down there, all the believers down there dancing. Yeah. Versus one building, one room one place. And that's what struck me is that, oh my gosh, we're, we have brought the Holy of Holies with us and it was already here. And, and each of like, it just, it just, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a more emotional person than people know because I don't cry a lot when I'm teaching. I don't get angry when I'm teaching. I don't get angry that much anyway, but, but the, um, but man, I, I had to just stop. I mean, I couldn't see my screen. I was weeping just at the thought of that's how this changed. It went from a single room and a single, so isolated, so narrow, so unattainable. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. every time I interact with another believer, I'm, it's like I'm stepping into the Holy of Holies. And I began, like Bonhoeffer talks about the Jesus in me and the Jesus in you right. and realizing I just, I just have such, it's so difficult for me as an American, a Texan, a Baptist to wrap my brain around mm. holiness thinking mm-hmm. as, okay, this is, this is beyond anything special that I can even say. So anyway, yeah. And I, I think struggle. that I think that that tie-in, I mean, again, was exactly what Peter's doing. Coming off of this, you know, last of the uh, four commands, and this idea of loving the brotherhood, yeah, and then moving into putting away these five vices that are all vices that offend and attack the brotherhood, the love right. of someone else, and then to think of, well, if you're thinking of them as the temple, well, right, then, of course, mm-hmm. I mean, right. of course, why would you offend the temple? And that's where Christ dwells. And so anyways, and then the fact that he's going to come off and, and then get into again, another individual call, um, of how we're of one who, what all authorities we need to be subject under. 
Um, but then also the idea of conducting ourselves honorably. Yep. I mean, again, it's just beautiful what Peter does and what he sets up and how he weaves this kind of in and out. It really is wild. And then, um, so it's going to be interesting because there, even though, okay, so there's, there's the four commands and so far in first Peter, there's going to continue to be a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. So far it's been mostly laying the foundation. This is the gospel. This is how great a salvation. And then there's been just these four, like, so be doing these. That's going to kind of switch. And what we're going to get is a whole lot of be doing these, be living these out. It's not that he stops giving the gospel and stops right. interweaving that he still does it. It's just that the the transition of this is who you are, therefore live this way yeah. shifts. And and it's going to shift around verse 13 in chapter 2. Um, again, it isn't that the other isn't there. In fact, Matt Lance is going to be preaching on the 25th, Lord willing, was uh, just sent me an email about how, how excited he is that he's going to get to teach 21 through 25. Um which is, he was. He said he was praying uh, that he would get this passage. And so he didn't know he would. He was like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to try to pressure Chris into this, but That's this is the passage I want. And it's about Christ, um, our suffering coming from his suffering. Mm. And and that, that picture, and then ends with this, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. I mean, mm. I'm excited. Matt has taught First Peter, as the forge director for years, they go through this every year. So he's taught this 10, 12 times minimum. And, uh, so I'll be, it'll be cool to see. So I'll get to be here for those, but I'm also, that's the, that's my two weeks of youth camp, which I'm the main teacher at youth camp this year. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then family camp. And so I forgot you were we'll teaching. Yeah. You said a minute ago you were going and I yeah. just thought you were going, but I forgot you were actually teaching. That'll yep. be fun. It will be. I, I hope so. We'll see. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm counting on. No, it's all, I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's fun. Having I love been my gone, youth. I mean, this is the same thing. Yeah, you you relate to this because you had it in the past. Like being gone from teaching youth on a weekly basis, multiple times. I mean, like going back, I, I, it always catches me off guard again of how fun it is. It is. Like, yeah. It's just like okay, yeah, this is fun. Yeah. And this is a church that's fun and fun to preach at anyway. Yes. Right. When when someone said, I can't believe you're preaching Saturday Sunday after traveling all day Saturday, I was mm -hmm. like, I mean my other option is to not teach. And that's probably <laughs> more stressful for me than teaching in some ways. Like I at this church, that's at other yeah. at other churches, it is not free and it's not very fun. It's hard, hard, hard work. This is hard work, but it's a it's a freeing yeah. hard mm -hmm. work. I, I love it, it, I don't. I don't know another way to say that. Like it's. It isn't that I always love teaching right after that kind of thing. That mm -hmm. a lot of times I'm like, oh gosh, here I just don't feel that way. Yeah, and that's that's only been true at a few places I've been, but that that is totally true here. Man, what a gift! That is really cool. Oh, I can't even begin to say. So that's exciting. We've, we're coming up, and we'll get. We're going to move much more quickly, I imagine, through the rest of First Peter. Yeah, they're grouped a little yeah. bit wider. Mm -hmm. So we'll we'll see. And then we've got in chapter four and five, um, just to give just the, a handful of people who uh, who get this, you get a little. Um, um, here's the plan. John Jim Dennison will be teaching First Peter four twelve through nineteen. John Redfern Senior. Oh, sorry. First, Bob Livesey will be teaching First Peter five one through five, and then John Redfern Senior. But I'd let them choose. Yeah, anything you, you want in the whole said, book, you yeah. pick. That's what Jim Dennison chose. Bob Livesay chose First Peter five one through five, 
and John Redfern Sr. chose 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11. So we'll get them back to back. <laughs> wow. Nice. Um, uh, so that'll be, you know, that'll be awesome. This just, we are, we're so blessed with so many people we have access to mm-hmm. anyway. So there you go. That's what's coming up. And this week is so great. This that is, is awesome. Such a great passage. That is great. Well, before we jump into any of that, should we do a quick word from our sponsor? I think we need to. Hey, we're going to do a, sh- a shout out to Leslie Miller and, uh, there you go. There's nice. a little ASMR for you guys. <laughs> we'll, we'll whisper for the rest of this. No, we will <laughs> no, not. No, we will not. Okay. So we're. Uh, if you're, if you're very much. Yes, if you haven't been that. listening to a lot of the podcasts lately, we were we were hating, or I specifically the ro- the royal I, yeah, the royal own we own it the royal we. I was hating on uh, coffee mixed with Coca Cola, and then Leslie sent us in a message saying, "Hey, it's actually really good," <laughs> and I was like, you know. I've had it, but nobody else had had it at this point or at that point. And so we bought some big spenders. Yeah. And, and have, now, oh, I yeah, have tell the us what you have. Dark blend. Okay. And, and Chris, Chris, what has do you the have? Vanilla. Oh, is that what I have? Yeah. You have vanilla. Yeah. And you oh, love you vanilla. Flavors. Actually, well, I do like vanilla. Okay. So. Yeah, I, have, no. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. You don't. Yeah. No, We also had a caramel one, but. We we bought one for Leslie and she she said I love the caramel one so I, I gave that, that one nice. over so so if you don't like these there's still a caramel one so we should we should let's go for it right, exactly cheers here we go Kadesh okay yeah let's, <laughs> I'll chime in first let's let's hear it <laughs> this is the way I feel like with most of the things that are mixed this is the way my brain works. <laughs> Chris knows exactly what I'm going to say. I'm, I'm <laughs> eager to hear this. Oh, this is the best. Paul mixing things. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't work. <laughs> because, because again, this is not bad. This is, I will say, it's drinkable. It's fine. But with every drink, it is, huh, I kind of just wish it was Coke. <laughs> and then the you next know, drink is like, huh, man, I kind of just wish that was coffee. Like, <laughs> mixing them doesn't seem to improve them to me. You're going in for another round? You know, I think I need You're a little bit more. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, oh, man. Yeah. Well, I got to glug this down. Because I need to try some of that. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. The vanilla aftertaste, not positive. That's I got to yeah. go with not positive for the vanilla aftertaste. Oh, yeah. Here, we'll give you, we'll give you guys a little bit. <laughs> I hope you're not driving. Now you got to pull over. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, nor- the dark blend is Better. superior. Okay. I'll try the okay. vanilla. Okay, but so as much as I know about Paul and his desire not to mix things, <laughs> I actually learned the word mirror. Because oh. I knew Paul. I looked up. It's much worse, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, that sound was Paul not liking it, and the face was even better. And then it was so bad that he, he went back to back the dark to the blend. Um, for him, That's so bad for him. Okay, right, so, so is the word mirror, which its original usage was nothing but. And so it was, a, it was an alcohol order. It's the way you ordered alcohol. You would say, I want, I want a... Whiskey mirror or a mere whiskey, which would mean oh, no ice, neat. no water, no nothing, just this, right? Um, and Paul exemplifies, he is, he is the living embodiment of the concept of that. So now Man. what Paul also knows about me is aftertastes are what kill yeah. me on yeah. everything. Yeah. And so I, don't, I can't drink anything with malt in it because it just gets the you. malt aftertaste gets me. Um, the first flavor of this, I like. The yeah. aftertaste on both of them is not great. Does you in. But the vanilla one is bad. 
The gotcha. One tastes it like tastes chemically. chemicals. Yes. Yep. That's interesting. It. I I got the feeling of like you know when you when you pick up an old cup and you pour something in it and it's yep. like that I should have washed this cup before <laughs> I poured that in there and now I'm tasting it. That's okay, how that I, makes that's how sense because it's yeah. like you poured coffee in your cup that you had Coke in or yeah. Coke in your cup you had coffee exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to have to go with Paul on this one like I I think I prefer Coke and I prefer coffee, coffee. Yes. to the Coke, Coke with coffee. Hey, well, but, but hey, but go ahead, go doable. ahead. Yeah, doable. doable. Sure. If this is all you got in the fridge, yeah, it'll get you by. Yeah, maybe find some water, mm. drink that too. Um, I'd say no to the vanilla on that. Yeah, yeah. you know, I would, I would go thirsty before I drank another <laughs> sip of the vanilla. Yeah. Well, you heard it here. We've we were knocking it before we tried it. Now we've tried it. <laughs> And hey, if you want us to try anything else on the podcast, <laughs> right, right in. We make we, no uh, promises. Right, well, we've got to check with the church bylaws <laughs> right. to make sure that it is acceptable. We might have to step off church premises. Just kidding. Just kidding. Anybody on the leadership board listening? Um, okay. So there we've done it. A word from our sponsors. There you go. Coca-Cola. That was fun. That was fun. That yes. Was that was great. Um, I was going to say, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was, I was just reading nine again, um, okay. kind of going through. And the idea, again, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Um, and that this is now, again, written primarily to Gentiles. Right. And so, again, I didn't know if you were how much you were getting into maybe this Sunday or uh, in yeah your presentation as you've come up, thought through the sermon so far, the idea of, Again, a covenantal theology versus a dispensational theology. I had not intended to break it down that way, yeah. but I mean, I think that the concept of covenant, yes, I was certainly going to reference the idea of because I even when as an as a like maybe it's an American, but when I read nine and ten, ten clearly belongs first, and so in my thinking, sure, you need you need verse ten before verse nine, and yeah. so. For our understanding, that may just be because we don't have the intuitive understanding of verse 10 so well in place mm -hmm. like the audience might have. But, a, yeah, I mean, a, a pagan, a Gentile pagan, Greek or whatever, sitting in Cappadocia, verse 10 is their starting point. You were right. not you a were, people. Yeah. I mean, you they would go like, wait, I was not a people. have mercy, now you do. Yeah, yeah. right. I, I, they would be like, I'm a I'm, people i'm a cappadocian I'm, I'm a greek i'm a whatever and but from the perspective of god's people no you weren't mm -hmm. you're defined by not what you are not not by what you are um and so you were not god's people and so to talk about maybe i don't know if i'll weave in the divine counsel idea that like you know that the, the theory that you know that god has that divine counsel and that he put them he, he delegated to them the the world and said but I'm going to be over Israel directly. I'm over mm -hmm. all of it. Yeah. I'm delegating the others. I'm not delegating Israel. Israel's mine. It's not that those people out there aren't my sheep in one sense, mm -hmm. but but I am giving you the responsibility to shepherd them, just like he does with us today. Like it's mm -hmm. my, you know my family is his family. It's a, a fundamentally they're his, but he has delegated certain role for me or for my wife or in a church. Certainly that's true of a pastor and leadership board like. Um, and so, but for him to say, no, no, I'm claiming them as my special, this is my special group and I'm going to teach the whole world mm -hmm. by them. Good and bad, them as a good example, them as a bad example is going to teach everybody. Mm. And so all the rest of you, this is my people and all the rest of you are in that sense, not my people, mm -hmm. which is a crazy thought. And it's hard for us to wrap our brains around. 
But it was the covenant he created with Abraham that mm-hmm. put that into place. You will be, this is the case, and that's why I'm going to do it. You will be a blessing to all nations, and sometimes that blessing will be because they will go, don't go there. That Don't, <clears throat> don't go there because he'll, he will chastise you for that. <clears throat> Sorry, but the... But to go, you were you were not a people. Meaning, sorry, mm-hmm. now you're God's people. Like that is a in my mind. What I will certainly be referencing is adoption. Mm. Yeah, is is the picture of that is massive. It, this is one of the things I love about nine and ten as an adoption passage. When I'm asked to come teach on adoption, I teach these verses. Is is this picture of you're a chosen race? So good, that's good. I mean, you were you were not chosen, and now you're chosen. That's a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. But who were you chosen by? <clears throat> chosen by the royal family. That's very good. Like, oh, yeah. that's cool. Mm. Hey, I was adopted, and turns out I was adopted by the king and the chief priest. Oh, I was adopted by the chief priest, so I'm part of the royal family and a part of the priesthood family, and now I'm part of this holy nation. Like, this is a cool thing to be... You go from being nobody. This isn't. I went from being nobody to being somebody. It's. I went from being nobody to being, like the somebody. Mm. It's. A, it's a cool leap. The leap is against that exchange mm-hmm. picture again. This to that is just. We can't wrap. So is that the main reason why this is your favorite passage to teach, or is it like? Is Before it just a I lot of things? It was. It's because I. So for me, my Christian walk unintentionally. Um, for most of my childhood, maybe intentionally, but up until was was I came away from Christianity thinking mostly it was a list of do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. Um, and my very first sermon I ever preached was called "Brick Christians." I was like sixteen, seventeen years old, and uh, because I realized that the version of Christianity I'd been taught was best practiced by a brick in the church. You know, always be at church. Don't lie, cheat, steal, drink. You know, whatever. And realizing, well, the ultimate Christian would be a brick in a church because it's always there and it doesn't do any of the bad things. Mm. Perfect. It's nailing it. And I think unintentionally I was raised on that version of Christianity, mm-hmm. not an identity version, a behavioral modification version. And this is, is maybe one of the three or four most significant identity passages. And I'll, I'll go through some of what I consider the others in the Bible. Um, most significant identity passages. This is not a behavioral thing. This is identity. You are this. And, and that's what Peter wants to do all through. It, it's just like it, write, it, write, it reads so much like Ephesians that look, this is who you were. Mm-hmm. This is what God has done. This is who you are now. <coughs> now live like it. And Peter's a shortened version. And I just, the more I've understood that, so much of the messages to Christians in the New Testament is that. Mm-hmm. This is who you were. This is what God has done. You know, this is who you were, but God, the Ephesians mm-hmm. passage. Mm-hmm. This is who you were. This is what God has done. Isn't that amazing? That now means this is who you are. Now live like that. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those just in your face, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get that, trying to live like it is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to somehow earn holiness. I'm going to grunt out holiness. I'm going to merit righteousness. That's just blasphemy probably yeah i mean yeah. anyway so thoughts on that that's what i love about it is the the identity once i began to discover that this was about identity mm-hmm. so much was about identity that began to i felt like scales fell off my eyes and i was a christian that whole time but scales fell off my eyes um it makes me want to go back and, and read through david 
Um, and really, I guess Solomon getting to build the temple. Um, mm. cause again, this idea of like John one, the tabernacling among us, you know, the, this indwelling, you know, personal temple, because here, here again, it's, it's not the reversal. Nine doesn't come first. It's not, you know, you're a cho- chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So now that you're the priesthood and now that you're this royal nation, well then like in every other, you know, culture of the day, and especially back then at, at uh, David's time, well then you build your own temple. You know, you, you then construct and then you put together your kingdom, your palace, your whatever. Mm. And that's not how this, it doesn't mm. go that way. It's not, you are these things that now you have to bolster yourself right. up and then mm. pick the high hill and put your, put your temple on it. Um, Interesting. It starts with that. And then, yeah, again, and it, it just cycles back to the identity giving nature of this. Wow. That's cool. I'll definitely be stealing that for sure. And then I do, I do think, you know, the, it's funny you said as an American, I read this, that, that actually was my, the first time I ever was in conversation and the person you know, acknowledged my understanding, um, and then said, well, that makes sense because you're an American. The mm. first time that ever happened to me, <laughs> uh, it was in college and, uh, it was, a, it was a guy who Steven and he, he, he lived in Africa until he was like preteens. Um, then he moved to France, his family, and then he went from France as a tennis player and started playing at Washtenaw, um, and call it where I went to school. Anyways, he, uh, we were, we were talking about this idea again, this, the dispensational, you know, kind of theology of saying, you know, the Jews are still the Jews. And, and I definitely had grown up probably more with the bent of, uh, that the church was the replacement of okay. Israel. Right. Um, that was, that was, yeah, that was to whoever was probably not the teaching that our pastor was convicted of and neither were our elders, but for some reason that was, it came whatever, through. It came through. Yep. That was probably my, more of my understanding. But anyways, uh, and that, that's where this idea of, again, this being exposed to dispensationalism and this idea that there's still a role, um, and what was kind of happening in that kind of Romans nine through 11 section uh, that then it was like, ah, it just feels, it feels like, <laughs> Like I'm less special because I didn't have this and I still won't get this. And I think, you know, we're all now equals. We're all now brought in. There's no yep. Jew. There's no Greek. We're all under one. And he's like, oh yeah, that sounds very American of you. Um, mm. That you, <laughs> you want to, you want to take what is given to you and make sure that that's the best thing and not acknowledge anything of the past. And anyways, very appropriate, you know, conversation that he was kind of pointing out uh, my American, you know, American theology that was seeping in, (laughs) but there, there is, I think that there, there is this notion of, that we have to battle that we have to battle with in scripture of what is the role of the Christian today, right? Related to what was the role Mm. of Abraham's children. Right. And again, now that we are made almost spiritually Abraham's children, right? I think you can say that. We are spiritually Abraham's children. We are are Abraham's children. We are the spiritually circumcised. That's right. Mm. But do we replace Abraham's children? So I've I've had the misfortune of being uh, under the teaching of both extremes. And I I mean that sarcastic. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a fortune. Yeah, right. And I think I've told you, Paul, like Dr. Lee at seminary, who began to have symptoms of cancer during my class on Revelation. So he was a pretty far down the path of replacement theology. 
Um, and so for those of you who don't know, replacement theology says that the, the extreme version. So mm-hmm. let's, let's, I'll give you both extremes. Yeah. The extreme version of replacement theology is that, is that we are, we, there is no such thing as Israel spiritually and biblically. It just, it, it has no meaning. It, the fact that it's a nation is great. It's a nation. That's no different from, you know, the Netherlands. I mean, it's like, it's, it's yeah, a nation fine, it's, it's something. but it has no biblical or spiritual significance at all. The church has completely replaced Israel. There's not a lot of hardline replacement theologians around, at least not that I'm reading. Um, the other extreme is the hardline dispensational theology, which would say, um, I actually will say it the way it was told me was described this way. There are not many who who follow this either, just so you'll know. That the church is essentially God's girlfriend meant to make his wife jealous. That That his wife, who has abandoned him, Israel... He now has gotten a girlfriend so that she'll be jealous, and that's the church. We are we are insignificant. We are our only purpose is to make his people jealous. So they'll return to him. I and I what I will tell you is I don't fall into either of those yeah. extremes. Yeah, I cannot take- like I don't know exactly where I hit between those two. I, again, once again, it's the versus thing I mentioned Sunday. We right. love to, to go to put well, things against It's got to be this against right. this. Like, well, it, there is a sense in which we are now the spiritual Israel, the church. Mm-hmm. Jew and Gentile are the spiritual Israel. The faith is what clearly that's taught. And Israel still has a special role, certainly in the heart and teaching of the Apostle Paul, mm-hmm. and and some future role in God's work. I think that's pretty clear. Exactly how does all that work? I, I don't. I don't mm-hmm. pretend to know. Like I don't. Not all. I I can't believe that Ahab went to heaven. Like just because he was a Jew, it's hard mm-hmm. for me to imagine. Like, well, he's a Jew. We got to let him in. Like I can't fathom that. That's how that works. So mm. anyway, I think I think it is our tendency as humans to try to, as Christians, certainly, yeah. to try to create that. Versus anyway, I would say when that was brought up to you, was there like scripture that they oh, used yes. to, to back Absolutely. that up. Absolutely. And it's none of neither of those are unscriptural as okay. in you can find passages that in isolation mm-hmm. seem to communicate that. Um I just think that's not complete. Um anyway, so I did I think it's those are the extremes. I I don't fit either extreme at all. Mm. And this is one of those weird ones where I do fall near the center and I have not taken the time to try to delineate what what degree I fit into either one of them. Mm. Um, I just know I don't fit into either extreme. Um, and I'm probably a decent 20% from either extreme end, but exactly beyond that, that's me personally. Um, I don't, I don't think this is a level one doctrinal issue. Mm-hmm. I think you could have either one of those views and still be a Christian for sure. Yeah. And be treating the Bible, tr- attempting to treat the Bible faithfully well. for sure. Yeah. Um, I just don't, I, I have a hard time with both of them, but this so I probably won't get too far off on this passage. I want to focus on the identity aspect. That's good. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, yeah. Well, if you're listening to this before Sunday, come here. Come here, Chris. Teach on yeah that identity statement and be encouraged.